Nice to be with you all and enjoy God's presence together. I was just saying, it's Father's Day, and um, we are married to Mandy, my wife's here, and we've got two children. And I remember um, our oldest is 38 this year, so, but I remember when we got home with her, they, they, they were standing in our back room, and I'm holding this baby. And I said to Mandy, they've let us bring you home. What do you do with a baby? I've never had a baby. I was, I was the baby in my family. The son had a baby, but by God's grace, she'd lived through that. Rule number one, bringing up children, thou shalt not kill. If you get through that one, <laughs> you're all right. But as, as they've grown older, they left the house, but they've never left the bank account alone <laughs> ever since again. What age are your children when they stopped costing you money? Does anybody know? With <laughs> grace. Let me read to you from... Uh, the Bible, from Luke chapter 15. If you are under 30, this is a Bible. <laughs> In the old days, we all used to have one of these. You may want to go to the KT bookshop and buy one of these before they run out because they are collectible items that these are. So, but if you haven't got one of these, switch your phone on. But we will know if you're playing games. I can tell. So if you found it, it's in Luke chapter 15, verse 11. And Jesus tells three stories uh, to the Pharisees to try and tell them what relationships really about. But Luke chapter 15, verse 11 says this. Then Jesus said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the youngest son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he'd spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, somebody says, when he, he sold his coat, and then he sold his shirt, and he sold his vest, and when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hard servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will rise, go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hard servants. And he arose, and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry, for this son of was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Amen. God bless his word to us. I think, Kim, um, if I say something, will you let me finish the sentence before you throw me out? Here it is. I don't think Jesus came to die for our sins. Are you right? Have I got your attention? Let me tell you. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man 
comes to the Father except by me. Jesus came to bring us to the Father. That's why his Father's a sneaky way of getting your attention because the only way he could bring us to the Father was by dying on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven. The problem is that lots of Christians see Christianity is all about having our sins forgiven. We have our sins forgiven in order to have a relationship with the Father. Christianity is about having a relationship with God the Father. That's why this is Father's Day. Our Father. And the Bible actually talks about lots of fathers, but Jesus talked about two fathers. He talked to the devil and said he's the, he's the father of all lies. And he also talked about his heavenly Father, our Father who art in heaven. So there's two fathers in the New Testament. Which father are you going to listen to? Which father tells you the truth about yourself? Which father is the one Jesus is going to talk about? And in this story, you think, well, who, who is this story about? Probably in your Bible, it's got a little heading somewhere. The headings aren't inspired, they're just put in by somebody else. And it, mine says, the parable of the lost son. But actually, this is what Jesus says. A certain man had two sons. And I think we can learn something about the father by looking at this story. About this certain man, who's this story about? He's a man who had two sons. And the youngest son, I'm the youngest in my family, I've said that. I'm actually the youngest by 40 minutes. Because I've got an identical twin brother. Very good looking boy, that's all I'm saying. (laughs) Something went wrong in our lives, because I was... I got the looks and he got the money. Um, it took me a long time to work out. I've been tricked into that one. But it's sort of a, I always think, I think the youngest child often seems to get an easier go. Does anybody else think that? Yes. See, every older brother, now that have older sister, just said that. Every younger one. I remember when our children were growing up, my, my the eldest daughter, she always used to say, it's not fair. She, she gets through this. When I was 12, I wouldn't let her do that. When I was 13, and he used to say, but darling, you thought you should have been allowed to. And now we're agreeing with you. So what are you upset about? <laughs> so it's not fair being the oldest. It's you always have to look after the other one. The youngest one, I don't know. I don't know in this house if he was a bit favoured. But certainly in the time where Jesus was, you didn't ask for the money. When your father died, they divided up the estate between the sons. The eldest son got twice as much as anybody else. There's only two sons, so two-thirds of the estate would have gone to the eldest son. One-third would go to the youngest. When father died, not before, because you made sure that was your pension. They looked after you until you died. So really, when the, when the prodigal son, when he comes and the youngest son says to his his dad, I want the money. What he's saying is, Dad, you know your last medical dad? Put him with the doctor in. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bad news, Dad. What's the bad news? He says you could live for years. I'm never going to get my money. I'm going to be, I'll never get my money. And now he said, I want my money and I can't wait for you to die. Now, when you put it that way, it's not very nice. In fact, in their culture, and there's even in some of the history of the Jews, there's villages that ran people out of the village who tried to ask that of their parents. It's so disrespectful. But somehow, this father did that. He said, okay, I divided up and gave him the money. And he left. Now, I wonder to myself, when did he leave home? 
Why would you leave that home? Why, 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 why? You don't, often people leave in their heart long before they take their body out the door. And I wonder when they left. Like I say, I'm um, brought up in church. My granny was saved under a man called George Jeffries in the 1920s, and we've been in Elam ever since, nearly 100 years. So I was taken to church you know, all my life. In fact, I went to church before I was born, if you understand. My mum was pregnant. She took me. I didn't really miss. And my twin brother and I, we used to sit listening on a Sunday night with a gospel service, and people used to give testimonies. And we'd have... Because I come from Scotland. This is, uh, this is not an English accent. <laughs> uh, and the, and this, this is a Scottish accent. It's not an impediment. It's a Scottish accent. <laughs> Where I come from, everybody speaks like this. And when you get to heaven... You will speak like this as well. But anyway, that's, that's just one of those things. And we used to sit there, and people would give their testimony on a Sunday night. And it came out of these great stories, like, uh, before I was a Christian, I was a right bad person. All my aunties, when I was brought up in church, I didn't know who my aunties were. Everyone, every woman in the church was my auntie. <laughs> I was 31 when I found out my, mother, my father only had two sisters, and... Uh, Everyone's at me, oh man, let's listen. And he said, he's got fighting and stealing and running around with women. And that, but even I used to go, whoa, whoa, someone's great. And then he go, and then I gave my life to Jesus. It's not easy being a Christian, you know. It's hard. I've let him down many times, but he's never let me down. I'm struggling. You don't become a Christian because it's an easy way. It's hard. And even I used to be going, can you tell us about before again? Because I've got to tell you, before sounds a lot more fun than now. Am I talking to the right people here? I mean, don't, it's been videoed, so be careful. But it's, it's, oh. And what happens if you're not careful, you can start believing that the father's house is less fun than outside. Somehow the stories just we forget that actually it's better in the father's house. And, and I used to say, yeah, we've got to go and get a testimony. Let's go rob a bank or something. It would be a great testimony. But one was, but I have a testimony that Jesus saved me from just about all of that. I mean, you have to be careful with our young people who actually begin to say, actually, it's more fun in the Father's house than it is anywhere else. Amen. Because what happens in his, in his mind was, my dad won't let me really enjoy myself. The Father's house is restrictive. And that's why when he gets the money, he goes a long way away. If you've got children, have you noticed, if they're going to be naughty, they don't wait until you're there. In fact, I know that once a mother said to a little girl, her brother's in the room, he went quiet. She says, go find out what your brother's doing and tell him to stop it. <laughs> because out of sight means he's out of supervision. Because you'll be doing something naughty, something you shouldn't be doing. And he, and he leaves home, he leaves home. But he's not even a good sinner. Because I tell you, once you've tasted of the kingdom, nothing else. We used to sing, no, none but Christ can satisfy. It's just not the same. Because, have you ever heard that expression, you're just a miserable sinner? Can I just tell you the truth? I was not a miserable sinner. I thoroughly enjoyed all my sin. I only did the sins I enjoyed. I didn't think I should do this sin because I hate it and that balances things up. I, I only did the sins I enjoyed. Well, I thought I enjoyed. I didn't realize how bad they were. 
And, and nobody sits down and says, I'm going to backslide today. I'm going to do this, this. You've no idea. You never go and plan it away. And this man, he, he ends up miles away. If you said to him, in a couple of years' time, you'll have taken the money off your father. You'll have gone to a far country. You've been duped into spending on people. You'll, you'll, you'll end up working for some Gentile on a pig farm. You'll be with pigs. You're a Jewish boy. You'll be, you'll be in there. You'll be trying to fight. You'll steal food off pigs. That's where you'll be. Maybe you wouldn't have gone. The problem with sin is it doesn't carry the price tag. I love my wife. One of the things I would not do is stand in front of a jeweler's shop looking at diamonds. Have you ever seen them? And there's things... Some of them have got prices on them. And then there's some that do not have a price on them. <laughs> Let me tell you now, no. You do not even look at them quickly. You move to the next shop. You say, where's Argos? Let's go to Argos. <laughs> Let's go down the road. Let's go wrong. Why did they close Woolworths? They just don't know why all these things happen. Why? Because if it, they used to say, if you have to ask the price, you can't afford it. And I've got to tell you, if you've got to ask the price, you can't afford this. You cannot afford this. If only adultery would have a big sign on it. This will cost you your marriage, your children, your reputation, your work with God. You wouldn't buy it. You wouldn't have it, but they don't show the price. And so he goes away, and he finds in places where he never thought he would be, and where he didn't want his father to know where he was going to go. But this is about Father's Day. At home, the father's waiting. And every day, I don't know what happens every day, but he seemed, he, he stood and he, he waited. Because you have a heavenly father who waits for you. You have a heavenly father who loves you more than you will ever know. If you're not watching online, I'm going to tell you, there's a father who's there with you right now, who loves you and cares for you. And he's waiting patiently. He probably had a few stories, you know, people saying, have you heard? It's not gossip, just for prayer, you know. What's happening up the big house? What, the big house? Oh, one of the boys is asking for the money. No, not the, no, not the oldest one. He's, he's, I mean, no, no, he, no, not him. The young one, oh, I'm not surprised at him, really. He's been a bit like, he went to school with our friend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, um, so what happened? He's asked for the money. Oh, it's terrible. I hope his father's throwing him out. Right, so I heard. I heard his father's giving him the money. No, I need to pray about that. How much money are we praying about? <laughs> I didn't tell them myself. Think about, think about, think about, and almost all the stories have gone. But the father didn't listen to them. He must have had stories coming back. I'm sure somebody said, "We know where your son is. He's doing all right. But he's spending that money like water. It's just." And then maybe he had stories like, "I hear he's running out of money, and he's running out of friends." And he's running out of money. He's running out of friends. He's working for a Gentile farmer. He's working for a Gentile pig farmer. Oh, he's feeding the pigs for a Gentile pig farmer. I don't want to upset you, but he's stealing the food off the pigs. And the father just broke his heart. And he waited. And he waited. And he waited. Watching. I wonder, the Bible says when he saw me, I went running. I went, I, I, do you ever read the Bible and sort of, I find the Bible funny, I just do, um, I find most of life funny, but I'm sort of reading and thinking, I wonder if you ever ran down the hill for the wrong person. <laughs> Have you ever been out in the car and you've seen some, oh, it's not them. 
hide, hide. I wonder if he did. I don't know. I don't know. But I know that every day he's looking. And Jesus says, this is a picture of your heavenly father. Every day he's looking out for you. You may have given up on him. Others may have given up on you. But he, he never gives up on you. Never. Father's Day celebrates to our Father who art in heaven who never, ever has given up on you. Maybe he's just wanting to make sure that he sees him before his brother sees him. Can you imagine if the elder brothers, <clears throat> the only person more unhappy about his brother coming than the elder brother was the fatted calf. <laughs> he wasn't so pleased when he turned up either. If, if this story had ended up with a the prodigal meeting his brother, the story would be different. What are you doing here? You left. You took all dad's money, it's all mine now. See this new dog? Didn't know you, does it? Vicious dog. How fast can you run? I'm going to give you 10 seconds and the dog's got a different story. Sometimes the father has to protect us from ourselves and their own family. But he says, he says no, no, I'm watching and he's full of compassion. And he actually says when he sees him, he's overcome with compassion and he runs down the hill. In Jewish culture, men over 30 did not run anywhere. I think that's great. I mean, I think that, I've got a bad back. I can't, I can't even run a bath. But I, I, I think, you don't, why? Because it was sort of, it, 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 was, it was immodest. It, 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 it was shameful. It was shameful a man over. I tell you why. Because there were these like we call wee willow winky gowns. What do you call them? Sort of almost, almost, all the way down to the ground. And so what, what, to run, you'd fall. So what you'd have to do is bend down, pick it up like that, hold it like that, and then go running. Which is a bit humorous. But then we just saw your legs. Some people's legs should never be seen in public. <laughs> it's just you know some. Sometimes I see people's legs and I think I must get a pint of milk. But I remember just. Just thinking, and it runs and said, so don't do that. When he sees his son, he doesn't care that it's shameful. He comes running. Mandy and I, we've got two children, six grandchildren now, so there may be another offering. <laughs> but some years ago, I was at a conference speaking up in the Midlands um, with my friend Kevin Peaton, and Mandy phoned me, and I was, in the, I was at the front of the service, and, and, and she said, I need to speak to you now. I said, well, I can't speak to me now. I'm about to speak in the conference. I'm just the hundreds of people here. I said, I need to speak to you now. I said, okay. okay. So I left the room. There wasn't a green room, but I went outside on a busy road. I said, speak, Mandy, that's not fun. What, what is it? What's wrong? Why are you phoning me? Because she said, Amy's pregnant. Amy is our 18-year-old daughter. Amy is just going to university. She's always wanted to be a paramedic. She just got on a course in the university to, to do a paramedic science degree. And I said, that's not funny. It's not a joke. She says, it's not a joke. She's standing here in front of me. I said, okay. Because I went to Bible college, but I, I didn't go to the lecture, what to do when your 18-year-old daughter tells you she's pregnant. <laughs> I just must have missed that one. Okay. In fact, I went down, I sat beside my friend, and, and he said, are you all right, David? I said, well, we're not really. Amy's pregnant. You know what he said? Kill him. That's what he said. That's what he said. He didn't like it. That's what he said. He said something else I wouldn't repeat. But I said, no, no, I, thought, I don't know. I'm coming home. Now, I've got to explain to you that some, in every family, often there's a soft one and a hard one. I, I'm not really one of these officious daddies, you know. In fact, I would be the soft one. 
although Mandy's softer on the grandchildren than I am, aren't they? She buys a McDonald's and I say no. <laughs> but the children, I'd have said, okay. In fact, Mandy used to say to the kids, just you wait till your father gets home. And he used to say, why, what will he do? And he'll come home and say, oh, bless them, love them, leave them alone, and that sounds like the soft one, but someone I'm going to sit with, with, with Amy, and I had to say to her, listen, I've got to say something to you, Amy, uh, because it needs to be said, and if I don't say it now, I don't think I'll ever say it to you, but well, what you've done is wrong. You've got yourself pregnant. You, you've lied to me, and you brought shame on yourself. You told me you were in university, you were not, you were here in bed with, with your boyfriend, who we hardly know. You brought shame to us, you've, you've deceived us, you've lied to us. You brought shame on yourself or shame on our house. But I want to tell you, I am extremely proud of you. Because I know at least two of your friends have been to abortion clinics. And they didn't tell their mummy and daddy they were pregnant. They just had the baby put away. What, that, what, how they, you hope with that, bless their hearts. But it's so hard to carry that for the rest of your life. But you have wanted to be a paramedic all your life, and you know that by saying you want to keep this baby, by saying that life has been sacred, you've given up your dream, you've given up your reputation, you've given up your hope, and I'm so proud of you. And I'm sure that one day, very soon, I will talk about this with no shame, because that was eclipsed into nothingness, into the pride of who you are and what you've done. And that was 14, 15 years ago. I've got a picture somewhere. You can put that picture up. Because if you're on my phone now, you find a picture of this young lady who's a... Did we get it? Maybe not. Because... Ah, oh, there she is. This is... This is Nevea Omolara Campbell Ajayi. Because her dad is Nigerian. This granddad is so proud of that little girl who loves Jesus. Not here, not straight in here, by the way, it costs hundreds of pounds. If you're from, <laughs> if, if you're from Nigeria, and, I, or some, and you could do that cheaper for me, could you please see me at the end of the service? Because I just cannot keep my foot playing that, but I don't like that here. Um, that one, that's not in the notes, that bit. <laughs> and mummy went back. She was a single mum. She helped bring up Navea. She's got married since, but, but she went back did a degree, she's a paramedic now, and she works in, out of Camden. And I want to tell you, whatever you've done in your life, whatever ashamed you may feel or others may say about you, you have a Father in heaven who is ready to come running towards you, full of compassion and love to accept you. That's the father we celebrate this Father's Day. Nobody else would be like him. He runs and he and actually says he, he, that loving, gushy daddy. I mean, not everybody's father was like, like that, were they? Some, you didn't know who your father was, or even worse, sometimes some earthly dads were so not good at it. Some, to be honest, your mother was a better father figure than your mother, your father was. That's swears. And sometimes people say, you know, you're, your heavenly father is a bit like your earthly father. He's not. Our heavenly father is nothing like any earthly father. A really, really good earthly father is a little bit like our heavenly father. It only works one way. He is perfect in all of his ways. He is perfect in all of his ways. And he, 
runs down the hill and it actually says fell on him. It doesn't mean tripped over and fell on top of him. It means it's the same word as used in Acts 10 about the Holy Spirit falling on people. Just, he, he covers him with his love. He throws his arms around you and loves you. And maybe you've never had that godly affection of a father. There's a father in heaven who loves you like that. But now there's, I think, I think it's about living. Just for around seconds, think to school. I had my tonsils out. And I was in the children's ward. And, um, and, and they sent me home. And when I got home, I was complaining of a bad stomach. Got a long story short, I was rushed into hospital the same day. That's a point for sympathy. Missed it. <laughs> and I had appendicitis. But I didn't go back to the children's ward. They put me in the men's ward. So I went from being the oldest to being the youngest. But I felt like I was a man. I thought, I'm in the men's ward. Oh. <laughs> so I've got appendicitis. And by that time, they start giving me injections. And you don't mind so much. I'm in the men's ward. I'm in the men's ward. That's great. And my dad came in. And I just remember... I remember you're a bit woozy, you know, they give you an injection, you're a bit woozy. I remember my dad bending over me and he kissed me. I was 11. My father just kissed me on the lips <laughs> in a public place, in a men's ward of a hospital. Now, even although I was drugged to the eyeballs, I'm thinking, no! Somebody stops, praise God there wasn't any phones and people taking pictures. <laughs> That could have been all over FaceTime, Facebook by the time. No, 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 Dad, Dad, Dad. And then I remember noticing something. As I saw his face, I saw a little tear in his eye. And he got up and kissed me and said, I love you, son. Next thing I knew, I was in the recovery room after I had my appendix out. I want to tell you there's a Father in heaven through every hard circumstance you have been in or ever will be in who will bend over you and kiss you and say, I love you. I love you. I'm sorry if your earthly father didn't do it, but I, I tell you for definite, your heavenly father has. And that's the father who we love. And he comes running down. And he, and he says, get me a new robe. I mean, there's just, it's not easy to be delicate about these things, but actually, I don't think he smelt very nice. And so he says, go and get the best robe for him. He didn't say... Take them, hose them down, give them a good wash. And then that, yeah, give them, give them a robe. He didn't say that. He said, you get the best robe and cover them now. Get, get a robe of righteousness on that man. Cover them up, we'll clean them up later on. Cover up on, because what would happen in, in like big estates, if you were a guest visitor, well, not everyone would know who you were and they would stop you. What are you doing here? What are you? So what the, the, the man in charge would do, he'd give you a, the guest of honour's robe. And everybody would recognise us. So when you walked around, they think, oh, he's the honour, he's the VIP, he's the guest. The father saying to the son, you will be a VIP in your own house. You will be somebody of honour in the father's house. Wow. And he gives him a ring, which gives him access to the money. It's like giving him the uh, family credit card. Probably in Kensington Temple, they platinum them, American Express, we understand that. He said, I'll give you access to my millions. I'm going to give you shoes, not just sandals. Everybody wore sandals. He bought them shoes. So you have to know what size shoes you... I know you know what size shoes I take. That size. 
luxury. He had them made before his son came back because he knew everyone else had given up, but he knew, he knew his son was coming. Let me pull this together because I realized Father's Day, everyone goes out for a meal these days, don't you? Probably got a table booked. I think, please, Lord, don't, don't let them move into ministry now because we could be here for hours. And we have a heavenly father who we celebrate this Father's Day who loves you so much that he accepts us even when we do things that we don't approve of. But my man who said, what's the most important thing for us? She said, it's unconditional love. When my daughter told me she was pregnant, I, I didn't say that was good. I said, we accept people who do things we don't approve of. Our acceptance is 100%. You never stop loving those that, who are your children. Your Heavenly Father has never, ever stopped running towards you. He's never, ever stopped caring about you. He will always be compassionate towards you.